Welcome, everybody, to the episode three of the Awkward Conversations podcast with Sky and Paul. I'm Sky. And I am Paul. That's right. And we have uh, definitely a really cool episode for you guys. Um, we do apologize for the bit of a break that we had to take. Obviously, holidays got in the way. There's probably going to be another little bit of a lengthy break after this one. Uh, just because of Thanksgiving, and now we're getting into Christmas. For sure, definitely. How was your How was your holidays and Thanksgiving and all that? My My Thanksgiving was um, rained out. Uh, I was supposed to be going home to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, they live in Central California, and um, in Southern California, where I am now, you have to drive through a mountain pass to basically get anywhere uh, north of you. My God. And that that pass was completely shut out. I mean, like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of <laughs> Fellowship of the Rings, like Sauron. Saruman calling down like you know shit upon. Guy, you're me. such and a nerd, really dude. Like. You're gonna use Lord of the Ring references. <laughs> I I actually watched that yesterday and it was oh great. my god. Um, you watched the director's yeah, cut where it's like twelve hours long. That's, that's the only one my wife will let me watch. She's actually a much bigger Lord of the Rings fan. Than my I brother is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Absolutely huge. It's 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 nothing to be ashamed nah, of. It's, it's I love it. I, it's the it's the the quality of which we all base fantasy RPG stuff on so like I, I i wish one day i will be able to create a world as cool as tolkien created but anyway uh, i was supposed to go to my parents for thanksgiving and couldn't because it rained so i stayed home and my wife made the best of it she uh put as much of her cooking skills to test to make like the most budget thanksgiving meal ever mm-hmm. so like you know we had like craft mac and cheese but we also had like scout like mashed potatoes and she made green bean casserole just because she knows i love it we did too yeah yeah she went all over and then instead of turkey Mm -hmm. we got a rotisserie chicken from our grocery store and then just reheated it so low budget still amazing hey man thanksgiving isn't about the type of food is the type of people you know what i'm saying yes that's the same thing i say about this podcast low budget (laughs) But amazing. So I'm glad we got yeah. compared to a holiday. <laughs> that's it. I mean, is there anything else that we want? No, to be we've peaked. To? We've peaked. That's it. There's no more. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing surpassing this. But how was your Thanksgiving? It was home? good. It was good. We, uh, May and I, usually uh, spend Thanksgiving together. Like it's the one holiday where we actually do spend together. Because for those who don't know, we had like a long distance relationship for like three to four years. So a lot of the holidays we had to stay separate, but now that we live together and for Christmas and all that, she goes to her parents, I go to my parents or yeah, my parents. And so Thanksgiving, we just spend together and we just, we do like this thing where we try to just cook from like nothing and just see what we can make, you know? So, um, we, I had this world of Warcraft cookbook that I was going to use, but I ended up not using it because it was extremely long to prep some of the stuff. So we okay. we got we we did some like small southern cooking, got green bean casseroles. We made a one of May's uh, family's recipes called chicken spaghetti, and it's like super super good. And we always make that every year. And then we also made green bean casserole, which was absolutely delicious. Did you use the uh, fried onions thingy? Uh, yes, I had to go buy them. Um, oh, so good! It's like so, Frenchs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. we we made the, mm-hmm. the same thing. It was so good, so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm glad to yeah. hear your uh, Thanksgiving was good. Any plans for like Christmas, New Year's, all that stuff? You going away or anything? Well, since we couldn't make it up to my parents for Thanksgiving, we decided to change all of our plans. <laughs> as, and as it is. <laughs> yeah, so basically my wife and I, we, we go 
one holiday with my family, one holiday with her family, and then we just switch those holidays next year. Yeah. So last year, we were at my parents' house for Christmas. And it was really beautiful just because we got to like we got to surprise them by telling them all about, you know, how my wife was pregnant and then, you know, now now I have a baby. Um so that was really cool. And so we were supposed to spend this year Thanksgiving my parents, Christmas her parents. Um but since obviously we couldn't do that, we just decided to kind of flip it again. Uh-huh. So we're going to go to Christmas to my parents' house again if the weather allows. Got you. I just got to stay safe. Yeah, that's that's the plan. And then also I make it a point to um, every year there's a, uh, a, a, a or like a Christmas Star Wars movie that comes out or a Star Wars movie comes out during the time of Christmas. Yeah. We always meet with my dad and my nephew and we try and watch it together. Okay. So we've been doing that since um, The Force Awakens way back when. Um, and yeah. I, I so. uh, in, in order to because I, I wasn't caught up with the Star Wars movies. I like binge watched all the Star Wars from like episode one to six because I just couldn't remember what happened in like the original ones. Really, you- and like I'm, I'm, I'm still in the process of finishing. I've watched it. I just forgot what happens exactly. All the small details. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Like I, mean, I know the general stuff, but I, I, I lived the Star Wars. Um, so I. Oh I, yeah, I, you I, lived the Star Wars. I lived the Star Wars. I. I get, are you, are I get you a P- Jedi? I get PTSD from the wars. Um, <laughs> from the Clone Wars. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I've just been a huge Star Wars fan since forever. I mean, yeah. It was, it was really something that I was able to bridge the gap between my dad and, and me because I was such a nerd growing up and I played sports like soccer. And my dad, who's <clears throat> who grew up in uh, rural Alabama, you know, thinking only really about football and baseball and then having a son who likes soccer. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. So um. <laughs> But my, you know, my dad's great. He he really tried to get into soccer, and even now, I'm still trying to explain things to him as he's like taking my nephew to soccer practice and stuff. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, Star Wars was something that he could show me that I was just like, this is awesome. And so like, it used to be him explaining to me all these things, and now as he's starting to watch The Mandalorian, he's like sending me messages, and he's just like, but. But, but who's this person? Or but what Aww. about this person? Could this person possibly be this person? I'm like, mm, okay, you know, not trying to spoil it for anybody, but just, just that's just so watch. funny. Yeah, so it's it's so funny. Oh yeah. So Star I was Wars trying to get good. I was trying to get May into Star Wars, and we tried watching episode uh, four. No, was it four or was it no episode one? I started I started chronologically in order. I like doing I like doing and, that. Yeah. And she, like, couldn't get past, like, the first hour of the movie. She's like, I can't do this. And she well, like, just stopped watching. In her defense, Jar Jar Binks is probably the most horrid person in the world. I think that's what – I think that's – maybe if I start from episode four. Maybe. And, like, ease her way into that. Maybe that might be a little bit better. Like, ease her into Jar Jar Binks. You know what I mean? Yeah. What you, have to- you, ever, you ever hear the theory that Jar Jar Binks is supposed to be, like – The worst the- – yeah, the most evil – Je- yeah Jedi yeah or dark dark <laughs> sith ever yeah i do um i love that theory. i i i love i i i go by that theory yeah. that's the only way i'm gonna get through those movies if i go by that theory because a lot of people wanted jar jar banks to like continually be um someone that uh uh Darth Sidious, like was was grooming in the background mm-hmm. and i i kind of love the idea just because like what if like and this was between episode two and three would come out and so that's when this theory kind of started. And I was just like, how freaking funny would it be if Jar Jar Binks was like, you know, the, the new right-hand man after Darth Maul was, you know, cut in half and thrown down the, the well. And then um, Count Dooku 
who's aka Darth Tyrannus was, you know, decapitated. What if what if the next one is fucking Jar Jar Binks and then Jar Jar Binks has to fight Anakin to be, you know, the second And like what if what if person? what if like Jar Jar Binks fighting style is like you know the kung fu style like drunken monkey okay where you you fight like mm-hmm. a monk like you're drunk what if that's jar jar binks it's like jedi style clumsy art clum, clumsy jutsu or something you know what i mean i actually he's love like that. swinging his he's swinging his lightsabers like accidentally but it's purposely hitting things like that'd be so crazy yeah i actually love that because it, it replaces what i originally assumed his fighting style was going to be like what was his what, what did you assume his fighting style was going to be did you remember playing tekken back in the then there's that guy from like uh, like South America or whatever, the Caribbean, and he'd break dance fight. Oh, um, uh, oh God, what was it called? Calypso? Not Calypso. Yeah, that's that definitely not a thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you mean though. But yeah, it's like uh, whoever that Capoeira, guy. Capoeira. Sure, that's what's called. I'm, I I don't know how that's how that's pronounced. Um, but yeah, I always just assumed <laughs> that he would just start break dancing because like you remember when he jumped into the water, and he was yeah, like yeah, acrobatical yeah. as shit. I'm like, oh, what the fuck. Or when he when he threw the accidental ammo, or like when they were having the frontal assault, yeah, and he like spun it in a circle and he yeah. threw it, but then he was like bouncing around, like, dude, that's crazy! Oh my yeah. god, okay. So yeah, I, that... I definitely like the drunken monkey theory more so than the uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway. Oh my god, I, for, I forgot where, where where does the conversation start from? Oh yeah, I asked you if you had any plans for Christmas, and, that's, and I told you, yeah. Oh yeah, and you were going to go watch it. Okay, okay, got it. Yes. Sorry, I had to like backtrack. A little no, bit. no, no problem at all. We talked about Star Wars, oh. like definitely one of my most. We're gonna have to definitely ever. have a. We're definitely gonna have to have an episode of where we just talk about our Star Wars theories. I'm down. And like, uh, and just because I I started watching. Uh, all the movies right but then i started mm-hmm. also watching clone wars the animated series love it and i and, and i realized i'm like this isn't just for kids like this is no, crazy no, like, like they have some very kid episodes on there like there, there's for one, sure yeah and i don't know if you've seen it yet but they go to this fucking lemur planet where mm-hmm. there's just a bunch of lemurs around and they look so fucking like weird cartoony like they're on dora the explorer or something shit like that i'm like <laughs> what the fuck is this and then the next episode they're talking about genocide and i'm like whoa whoa yeah no it, it's wild and the later series like they get into some depth lore yeah with the uh, savage and darth maul yes and all that's like that, that gets some crazy stuff yeah like i was i, was, I think I, I don't remember if they discontinued the series or not or if it's still going um they i can't remember they stopped it and then they brought in star wars rebels which i have not yet seen gotcha oh yeah and star star wars rebels with anakin's uh apprentice i forgot um is she in that I think I think so. Oh, her, I, I forgot her name. I think well, her name's uh, Ahsoka. Yes, yes, it's with her. It's, um, it's with and her. She becomes what they call like fulcrum or something like that, and that's like her name. Um, but oh, I, I, I don't, think I don't she know. was only like I think she was only like a um someone who would occasionally appear. I don't think she was in the normal like cast. I think it had to do with these other like band of people. Um, oh, and I only okay, so they- and I only know this because I played Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes, the phone game. Um, okay and so i collected all of the people and like yeah if i remember and i could be wrong but i think so clone wars ahsoka was in there as as the young apprentice ahsoka yeah and i think mm-hmm. and in, in rebels i think she is the mentor for the group of main characters okay because she, she's now an adult in that one yeah because she basically got kicked out of the jedi order for something she didn't really for something she didn't do and oh. then when she when they invited her back in, they're like, oh, hey, just kidding. And she's like, no, go well, fuck yourself. And then she just left, basically. Oh, then, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think she comes back later to try and fight 
Anakin once he like has already like you know killed all the younglings and turned into Darth Vader. Spoilers. Um, no, in case you guys haven't seen the movie <laughs> that came out in you know 1977. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it comes back, or I think she comes back and she tries to like kill him. I don't know, but obviously it doesn't. I'm definitely. I'm definitely going to title this podcast, like, aside from what we're, what we're going to talk about later, but we're going to talk about the Game Show Awards. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm going to, in the front of that, I'm going to, I'm going to put to this episode is going to be, is Jar Jar Binks the real Sith Lord? <laughs> or some, some variation of Jar Jar Binks being the Sith Lord? And the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's going to be, is Jar Jar Binks the, Sith, the new Sith Lord? Yeah. The yeah. answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> right so, for the last, uh, for the last trailer for the new uh, Star Wars movie that's coming out uh-huh. in like a week or so, um, and you hear that menacing laugh in the background, and it's definitely like making you think it's it's uh, Palpatine. Yeah, Palpatine, um, right. aka Darth Sidious. Um, right. My favorite part of that was someone mixed the trailer and didn't uh-huh. tell anybody on Reddit and just made it seem like this was like the legit trailer. But instead of that laugh, they put in Jar Jar Binks's laugh. <laughs> And oh my god! Like everybody, you're like, gonna need to send me that. That sounds I'll, amazing. I'll try and find it. I saw I saw this ages ago, but it was so. Oh, funny that's so good. Everybody be like, "What? He's back!" And then everybody else who didn't watch this video but watched the previous iteration and were like, uh-huh. "Yeah, Darth Sidious is back." And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 wait! What about fucking Jar Jar Binks?" And they're like, "What the fuck do you mean?" So, <laughs> just the idea, just the idea that Jar Jar Binks is gonna come back, like. 80 years later or whatever it is to just like well, well actually maybe when does the new movie come out the the new movie uh the new star wars the, the last one i don't know they release it but it comes out in like i don't know the 20th or something it's sometime yeah the end of december right or maybe we'll maybe we'll do like a special episode and just talk about star wars because this this discussion actually seems like it'd be super super fun yeah i mean i think it's going to be when the mandalorian's finished up too so we can talk about that as well oh yeah yeah because i i actually would love to hear like before the movie comes out i want to hear your theories okay yeah. on what you think is gonna happen yeah you know I, mean? I mean they 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 gave it a very uh you know menacing title i mean they they, they do that and like obviously the force awakens was like this makes sense because the force is awakening. isn't the title like the rise of skywalker yeah which is funny because we just saw the last skywalker Spo- spoiler <laughs> well if you didn't see the last jedi um you see uh luke basically disappearing um, kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi did in Episode Four. Uh, I hope I hope when I die, I I just vanish and my clothes just fall to the floor. It's it's very I don't know. It's definitely has like a Christian theme to it. Um, just because like, and knowing that I went to Bible school like half of my life, I know that the story mm-hmm. of like Ezekiel, he was like the one person who didn't die. He was just taken to heaven, or like you know jesus died so like ezekiel's like the one dude who didn't die he was taken on a on a flaming chariot and i just like that's the way i want to go but also (laughs) second place would just be disappearing and just having my clothes drop but also it's also it's very reminiscent of um uh that's that weird series that they came out was like a book then they made a movie about it um left behind and everyone just like vanishes oh yeah 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 there's a there's a very hopping books series when i was in elementary there's a school. hopping book series i mean I, I, was, I, was a, I was at a christian school i can't say it was fucking dope but you know it was it was something i don't know if it was, it was a hopping book series a hopping book series man <laughs> God. 
Your lingo is insane. Well, oh my god. I was, I was at a Christian school. It had to be insane because you couldn't say the normal things. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't be like, yo, that's fucking fly. I had to be like, that is superb. <laughs> superb. Speaking of superb things, um, we're gonna we're gonna go get into uh, what we originally wanted to talk about, which is if you guys don't know, in a December twelfth is the Game Awards show, and that's a show where they play every year and they give out all these awards to all these various different types of game in various different types of categories. So uh, Sky and I today are we have you can go and look at the nominees for all the categories. Uh, I'll link the website in the description, and um. We're going to go ahead and place our votes for who we think on certain categories. We're going to skip some of the categories because um, a lot of the, it's like 40% technical categories, which you, you need to play the game to really have a say in that vote, I guess. Because if you don't play it and you don't experience the technical aspect of the game, you, how, how the hell are you going to vote? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, technical stuff, we're going to kind of just skip to keep to ourselves. And then the other stuff more of like the game categories we're gonna discuss what we think should win and what we think will win because this is real life and sometimes it's unfair and shit happens um and then hopefully uh next week or so after the game show we'll actually come back and we'll see how many we got right how many we got wrong and then just compare you know true that (laughs) all right so we're gonna just jump right into it uh we're gonna skip ar vr because no one, we, I don't play VR. Yeah, no, no, no one has an AR VR set. I don't even know anyone yeah. that has one. Like that's. I mean, I have a I have a VR set. I have a the Oculus. Correction. I know one person that has a VR set, <laughs> um, but it's like such a pain in the ass to set up. Yeah. That I don't bother because I have to literally empty out my whole office. Right. You know what I'm saying. Now, I know that you're younger than me. But okay. Have you ever seen the movie, like First Kid? No. God damn. It. But to, to but to be fair to be fair though. Um, even movies of my age, I don't watch. Okay. So anyway, even if in this, we were the same age, I would. In this movie, this kid goes to the mall and he plays an actual VR game where, like, he, it looks like he's just like stepping into it. And he's like walking around. He's got like these like you know VR guns and like that's that's my idea of what VR is. Me just standing there and kind of like pointing like, I don't know. Lasers. We'll get there. We'll get there. This movie came out in like the eighties, man. Like okay, but the technology's not there. You can't you can't based on people's imagination on like and be like it is your responsibility to create my technology based on what I like and watch. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Although I will say the closest thing is they have these things around the east coast and west coast, and now actually coming to Texas, where it's an entire VR warehouse. And what they do is they uh, jerry rig all these wires above you. And you wear a vest and you hold a prop gun and you put on the VR stuff and you literally run around the warehouse w- while playing the VR. It sounds like And it's tech. like, a, it's, it is basically, it's, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Are you talking about Laser Quest, Paul? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a lot cooler, okay. right? Shut up. Because they, they do have like other things. They have it like where it's like zombie apocalypse and you and your team of five have to like survive by killing zombies, but you don't have to like use the controllers to move around. You can literally run around the empty warehouse, go behind pillars, and kill things. It's shut up, okay? I'm You're just ruining this for me. I'm into it, but anyway, we're skipping VR AR category because yeah, no yeah. one cares about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're gonna get into the first one, which is uh, strategy games. So we're gonna go look at strategy games, and there are six nominees. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll read I'll read these off, and then you can read off the next category. Uh, Age of Wonders, Planet Fall. Oh, by the way, the description for this is ba- ba- uh, 
Best game focused on real-time or turn-based strategy gameplay. Irresponsible of platform. Okay. Oh, irrespectable. Sorry, it's not irresponsible. irresponsible platform. Someone just has <laughs> sorry, too sorry. many Xboxes. <laughs> uh, so, Age of Wonders. Um, an, an, Anno, an, 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 A-N-N-O, 1800. Uh, Fire Emblem, Three House... Total War, Three Kingdom. What? What? <laughs> I just realized it's Three House, Three Kingdom. There's a lot of uh, Tropica. <laughs> yeah, Tropical Three. Uh, Tropical. I mean, Tropical Six, and uh, Wargrove, which I've never heard of Wargrove you, before. I just want to so. let you know, you butchered every name, besides the first one. It's Wargrove. There's two O's. Oh, uh, Wargrove. It's. I didn't. I didn't butcher Fire Emblem, Three House. You or Three Houses. Exactly. That's what you said. You said Three House, not Three Houses. Okay, I hate you. All right, shut up. Leave me alone. All right, I'm foreign. All right, All right. I, I get a pass. So, do you are you a big strategy game guy? I am, but I've only played like StarCraft Two, Warcraft Three, stuff like that. I've never played. I okay. I might get a lot of hate for this. I've never played Fire Emblem. I mean, I played it and on I've, the Game Boy. I've, I've never played them past the the Game Boy ones. I did play Total War once. Oh God, that and was a I slow fucking game. Yeah, it is. It is so slow. And I know Tropica, Tro- Tropica, Tropico Six mm-hmm. is like, um, it's like Civ, like Civilization, but like you're a dictator or something, and you have to like maintain your dictatorship I mean, over your country. I don't think it's like Civ at all. I think it's like, I think it's like Sim City, but you're a dictator. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I meant Sim City, not uh, Sim. Oh, okay, I was gonna be like Sim City. Like if, and, and this is why this category would be really hard if I was the person picking the prizes because I would definitely just pick Civ Five on best strategy game ever because i just constantly play civ 5 so True. the fact that it's not on here is fine we'll move on it but if what do you think what do you think is going to win all right so in terms of like i've played some of these games before and if i had to pick one that i think should win it would be tropico 6 because it's okay. not like every other strategy game out there it's is it fun it, it looks fun. it's so fun because it, it's there's a comedy uh, point to it the fact that you're, you know, you're a dictator, you're trying to like hide money from your people, like you're, you can go like full on capitalist and just take the money from the Americans, or you can like be like a, the socialist dream, you know, communist dream, you know, whatever you want. Um, but it's, it's really fun. Like it's a very different look on like a SimCity type. Um, Ooh, I might have to try that. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun. You can, you can basically just be the fucked up SimCity person. Um, however, I just know that if it doesn't have war in it, that just means that most of the people on this planet are not going to play it, which is kind of weird. But I think that people are going to be picking Fire Emblem because everyone just loves to like give Fire Emblem that uh, those awards, even if people don't play it. So I'm assuming Fire Emblem is going to win this. I, I think either Fire Emblem or Age of Wonders, because but it's weird because Age of Wonders is isn't that um like Planet Fall? Isn't that like a shooting game? Like, I don't, or am I thinking about something else? So I think, and again, I haven't played this, but I think Age of Wonders itself is its own type of game, but they chose to do a planet fall type, like, theme. Because, like, I know, oh, like, same way that Total War does. Like, there's been Total War, like, I don't know, fucking French Revolution, Total War, Warhammer. Gotcha. Like okay. That. Then, yeah, my vote's going to be for Fire Emblem, then. Yeah. All right. Well, we got that one. I, I actually voted, so next time when we come back, I'll see if I was right or wrong. All right. So next category is role-playing games. Yes. All right. So best role-playing game, Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy 15, 14, Kingdom Hearts 3, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. So when they say, like, Monster Hunter 
world iceborne are you just like specifically talking about the dlc or i'm assuming it's it's going to be seen as like the expansion like gotcha. warcraft you know shadowlands gotcha okay what do you think what do you think um gosh to to tell you the truth and, and it just i've seen all of these games played i haven't played any of these games like i said earlier in the podcast i did ask for the outer worlds for christmas i'm on a strict no spending money budget right now just because you know one house income at the moment but gotcha um i i thought kingdom hearts 3 was cool i definitely didn't think it was uh, as what everyone thought it was going to be or wanted it to be so yeah. i think that it's nice that it's on here and i have seen and heard a lot of really cool things about monster hunter world iceborne but i'm just going to think and hope that the amazing storytelling is going to come back to obsidian because i think they actually did an extremely amazing job with that game so my vote is on outer worlds man this is hard for me i i I think it's going to be i I feel like it's going to be kingdom hearts yeah no maybe no 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 i don't know i don't know i i don't know i want to see kingdom hearts just because it's kingdom hearts and everyone's going to probably vote for it because it's fucking kingdom hearts is that the one you voted for Uh, no i didn't i'm going to vote for ice uh I don't know because I, I don't think Monster Hunter was that. I mean, it's a fun game, but for it to be like a. Oh, okay, wait, I should read the description. For the best game design with rich player character customization and progression, including massive multiplayer experiences. I love how WoW is not on this. <laughs> well. All right, in that case, I, I'm actually going to vote for Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 14 versus the. Yeah, that's the online one, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure I don't get my. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm I'm gonna be real with you. I was not impressed with Outer Worlds. You weren't. You didn't like Outer Worlds. I did not. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. I really didn't. And I don't even. I I there's a whole thing of why I didn't like it, but I really didn't enjoy it. I felt claustrophobic in that game. Claustrophobic. Okay, these are things that I'm definitely gonna have to latch onto when I play over the Christmas break. Yeah, it like I mean everyone has different perspectives on it, but it to me like I was coming maybe it's because my expectations. I was going into this game thinking I'm gonna be playing a better Fallout New Vegas. See, I thought it was, and I thought I was gonna be playing a better Fallout seventy six. No, because no, because Obsidian made uh, New Vegas. See, they didn't make Fallout. I know, but uh, it had, four. I thought it had the same feel to it because it was like Western almost. Oh, I see what you mean. I, I don't know. I it just Obsidian it focuses a lot more on dialogue mm-hmm. and conversations versus uh, Bethesda, who focus on like leveling up progression like exploration style um so yeah but yeah anyway that that's my vote i want to vote for final fantasy 14 okay all right all right right. next one is ongoing game and the description for this one is awarded to the game for outstanding development of ongoing content that involves evolves the player's experience over time so we have apex legend Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. Ooh. So it's going to be based on ongoing content that ex- evolves with player experience over time. Yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm assuming that means content's going to change as players play it. I th- I think it just means it's, the game's never done. There's always going to be yeah. something to be added, and I think that's you know a great it's a it's a huge thing that we definitely seen develop over the past 10 years but i think it has to be a different enough gameplay to really bring in true and for me that's why 
like I don't know. I, I don't see enough new content coming out of Fortnite to make it seem like it's a brand new game. To me, right. it still seems like you just drop on an island and you kill each other and nothing really changes. Where <clears throat> like Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, I mean, these are games that it, there's a story. You're continuing the story. It's an expansion. Obviously, you can still do the same PvP games, but there's new raids, there's new dungeons, there's new quests, there's new PvP type games. So, knowing how the game's kind of set up and and how I, like how I love the type of content that they've been pushing down, and the fact that they just made a break and tried to become like their own thing again, I, I'm gonna have to give it to Destiny Two at Bungie. And one is uh, me, too, me too. Yeah, I think it would be a huge fu to Activision if they win this award. Yeah, but, definitely. And and knowing that Activision was probably starting whatever expansions that they've done for this while they were still at Activision, and then they left, and then Bungie's basically taking a lot of credit for themselves. Even with that, I still think Destiny 2 is going to take the cake because they've done a, a, a great job, a huge job of turning everything around because I remember Destiny 2 was looking fucking bleak a couple years yeah. ago. Like, no yeah. one wanted to play that game anymore. It just, it, it like, was basically dead on arrival. People were running out of things to do after, like, eight hours of gameplay and it was just it was a mess and i think they've done so much on top of that to change it so i, I think your comment on basically the game changing and then not being a new game anymore with fortnite is making me vote for destiny then because i i think destiny is probably the one of the most games that did a full 180 and completely changed yeah for the community and for the people to give a better experience because oh, there's so yeah i i'm a vote for destiny too because for for games like fortnite uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Apex Legends, you don't want those games to change too much because the yeah, core part sure. of the game is a PvP you know, game. It's like League of Legends. Like if They just made League of Legends completely different every single year. Everyone would be like, this isn't what we wanted. We, you know, like we, we have other yeah. games to do that. I agree 100%. So, I mean, you, you want it to be fresh, but it has to be the same game. Um, yeah. And so that's why just when it comes to an ongoing game and like constantly delivering things that people love and want, it's going to be Destiny 2 for me. Let, me. let me ask you this real quick. I know you want Destiny 2 to win. Mm -hmm. Do you think Destiny 2 will actually win? I do. I think if there's any, any uh, like obviously this is like a fan vote, right? It's not like the mm -hmm. Oscars where like there's a, a hidden panel behind people or behind closed doors. I mean, it's, it's going to basically come down to who just wants to vote. Um, and I think that's fine. But at the same time, it's just, is it going to be able to beat all the little kiddos that want Fortnite to win? I don't know. Maybe maybe the kiddos won't see this website and don't know it's a thing yet. I, I think if there's any game to beat uh, Fortnite in terms of the popularity, it would be Destiny 2. I agree. I, I think that's very well said, and I, I, I don't have anything to add to it. I think, it was, I think you're spot on with that whole thing. I usually am. That's why I'm on this podcast. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. The uh, the next category is best narrative. Do you want to read real quick what the what, what it says about yes. narrative? So the descriptive description is for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. I love that. Great vibrato at the end of game. Ugh. Of course. Um, I'm working on my voice acting. It's good. Um, so going down the list here, there's a plague tale. Colon innocence, um, control. 
I've I've seen Control a lot, and I I have no idea what that is. It's uh, it's it's the game made by Remedy Entertainment slash Five Hundred Five Games. Duh. No, I have no idea what it is either. Um, <laughs> Shut up! I hate you. Uh, after that, there's Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and The Outer Worlds. Paul's already shit on The Outer Worlds, so maybe that wasn't the best narrative. Um, I mean, that's my opinion, though. I, I mean, a lot of people liked it. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like. It. I don't know. I, I really think that there's no way Death Stranding doesn't win this category. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you're right. And mostly it's just from what I've seen, it's like a walking simulator where it's like ninety percent story, ten percent action. I'm assuming exactly, yeah. there has 100%. there has to be a narrative that that carries it along, and I think Death Stranding is definitely going to be that. And just knowing it's a Kojima production, meaning Hideo Kojima just like poured his heart and soul into it for like a decade or whatever, I, I think this is his category. I think it's a little weird that like a person that's so respected. I guess it's not weird. I guess it's actually kind of refreshing to see that him he made a game that's about fucking being an Amazon delivery package. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think, but he made it in such a, like, think about it. All yeah. you do, and I, I I read a comment where they said, like, towards the end, you do more. So maybe I'm wrong. But from what I've seen, like, your main objective is to deliver packages, right? And somehow this guy made this game into a full-fledged game just by delivering packages. You have to watch where you step. You have to balance the 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 um, equipment that you carry. You can leave notes and leave other like building uh, structures that other people can like experience and play. So you have that feeling of being alone, but you're not alone. Like I I definitely think you're right. There's no way that Death Stranding is going to lose mm-hmm. again. Though I don't know anything about Control. So maybe Control is like this amazing game that is just going to blow everything out of the water. The other three games, though, I know about. Like A Plague uh, a Plague Tale, I've watched. Disco Elysium or whatever is like the old school Fallout 1 type of game where you like click and, click and walk or whatever. And then you do action stuff and strategically play, I think. Mm-hmm. And then obviously other ones. So I, I think like the odds are stacked for Death Stranding. Yeah, and... <clears throat> The way I see it is, is obviously I I've, have very little experience ever playing any Kojima games. However, I just know that they're not necessarily my type of game, but I know that he's so, become so famous because he, he puts quality over anything else. And even if it's not your type of game, you still have to give him a little bit of respect because so many people like it and it's so much different than anything else. So I almost look at, look at him as like the, he's the Quentin Tarantino of games where he's just going oh, okay. to do okay. exactly what he wants to do. And he's just going to make sure that he spends everything he can to just put full well, 100% design decision behind it. Right. And it's going to come out and it's going to be completely different than what anybody was expecting. It's going to be completely different than anybody was asking for, but they're still going to play it and love it because he puts so much of himself into it. And I, I think that goes to say with any Quentin Tarantino movie I've ever seen, I leave that movie going, what the fuck was that? And I take the next 10 days to go, I still enjoyed it, but it definitely wasn't what I signed up for. I, I'm like, that's cool. Like, I was, I'm shocked. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, like he didn't respect, like, the history. Like, he didn't respect the characters. I mean, he it was raw, but I still love it. Because it was so much different than what everybody else was doing, and people are still going to give him their sec because it's just his game. So also, I just want to throw out like there are plenty of games that when they first came out, people were like, "This is too different. This is too weird." Mm-hmm. 
and then they turned out to be like absolutely amazing yeah yeah, I, so I think the guy's been ahead of his time for the past twenty years, and so my my vote is for Death Stranding. Yeah, bet hundred percent agreed. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you. You're saying he was ahead of his ahead of his time for hundreds of years. Ahead, of, yeah, he was ahead of his time for twenty years or so, and now we're finally like starting to catch up to it. And there's a lot more tech, and so he's going to be able to keep doing things that he wants to do. Right. So I definitely don't think this is going to be his last game. I know he's retired and come out of retirement four times now or something so I, I just assume that now now since he has you know the insane amount of money the same the insane amount of influence and he's making best-selling games like this he's just going to keep doing exactly what he wants to do so right we'll, we'll see some good quality content coming out from him for sure all right next category we're going to move a little bit faster now uh, multiplayer games for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massive, a massively multiplayer experience, irrespective irrespective of gaming game genre or platform. I I need to get some hooked on phonics or something and like yeah, learn learn how to read or something. Slow down and enunciate. Yeah, for no, sure, for sure. Um, um. So are, wait, did you do the last nominees or am I doing this one? I don't remember. <laughs> I'll do them. I don't remember. Um, okay, go ahead. So yeah, first go ahead. is Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99. <laughs> Sorry. What? Did I mess up? No. No. Oh. No. Tetris 99. Tetris. Uh, yeah. Tom Clancy's The Division 2. So I... I All right. I, so I, I will immediately say Division 2 is probably out. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Division 1. I... I, I, I attempted I, to try and play Division right. Two, and I just like mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Like I don't know, there was so many issues with it. I just like not only just tech issues, but even then like the character and just like trying to do this again. I just like I'm not ready for attempting everything that I attempted in Division One. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to see if Tetris 99 is an actual nominee or not, or if this is like no, it is. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it was. I remember when it came, and everyone was like really obsessed with it, but then it was overshadowed by another amazing game everybody's like dropped it what what do you think i uh, this is a hard one i don't see why i have two top players. oh oh wait this this is a okay this is multiplayer mm-hmm. i was for some reason thinking this is massive multiplayer no so i got really confused with these okay multiplayer okay so i, I don't i don't think call of duty modern warfare is going to be in it i think obviously i don't think so it has a lot of nostalgia appeal yeah right right everybody that fucked my mom when i was a teenager still plays this game what the you don't you don't remember that? Like you sign on to Call of Duty and you just instantly play against a twelve year old that had sex with your mom? No, I, I okay. do. I just wasn't expecting like that's, that's what this podcast is, baby. Me just saying shit you don't expect. I was I was like completely thrown off by that. I was I was like, what's okay. The fuck? Maybe the audience This is the side of sky I've I haven't heard from yet. It's okay. I've been stuck in my house for being sick for the past five days, so I'm like coming out now, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. Makes um, sense. I get you. My top two picks is between Borderlands three and Apex Legends. And yeah, same, same. I'm leaning towards Apex Legends, one just because that game came out of fucking nowhere. It's it's you know I'm gonna say it's a new IP even though it's it's in the same world as Titanfall. It's but it's a, it's a brand new type of game or you know IP. At the same time though, it, there's no it's not Apex Legends two or three, so you didn't play the Borderlands one and two, so you kind of understand what Borderlands three is gonna be. You heard about it, you didn't hear about Apex Legends. No one fucking heard about Apex Legends. Their, their whole marketing approach was, we're just not going to tell anybody about this game, and we're just going to fucking launch it, and it's going to be fucking huge. And that's what happened. Like, they just, like, 
it was a game that was like born on Twitch, and that's why I fucking loved it. Where just like mm. everyone's like, "Hey, Fortnite's really slow right now." We're trying to play Realm Royale, but then High Res fucked up that game, so we got to do something. What what game can we play for? Oh, hey, what Shroud's playing this game called Apex Legends? Hey, this actually looks pretty cool and pretty polished. Okay, let's try playing this shit, and it was fucking. Can you imagine amazing. a company fucking releasing a game that's actually completed now and yeah. not in beta? Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I, I think it was still in, in somewhat of a, a beta, but they were just like it was. Open. I could not fucking tell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It was such a polished game, and the fact that it was delivering on a uh, a really fast paced um, you know, battle royale, which everyone didn't like PUBG, or if people who didn't like PUBG was because it was too slow, and then people didn't like Fortnite because you shoot someone and they turn into a twelve story tower, and so. <laughs> And they're playing Apex Legends and it's fast paced, like people are running, there's like great types of weapons, like you have to watch things from above you, below you, like the map was just really interactive and cool. And I love that there's like a hero class system too. Exactly. And I think that's what really like captured people was it was something completely new and it it gave fresh air to this like already yeah, crowded VR space. And I think that's yeah. why it deserves to be best multiplayer game. And I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that. I'll vote on Apex Legends yeah. on that. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. All right. <laughs> I th- and I think it's really good. I think for sure they they I feel like they put a stamp on like standards. Mm-hmm. And again, they did li- they literally did everything the opposite of what the normal game industry dev- like release game was supposed to do. And they like, okay, a BR, you know what? You can respawn if you want. You can ping things. Your character will talk to you and teach you how to play and tell you what's going on so you don't have to micromanage your team. Yes. You can communicate with your team without saying a damn word or hearing a word from them. Mm-hmm. Like, they broke barriers. And I, I thought, I think, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely Apex Legend on that sense. And now, I don't know if it's like, I, for me, when I think of multiplayer, I think of cooperative story. Like, like, um, like Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. Right? So, to me, it's kind of hard. But, again, I kind of got bored with Borderlands 3. So, that's why my vote's going to go pretty much go to Apex. Got it. Okay. Uh, all right, so the next game we got here is a fighting game. Now, I uh, I think uh, Sky and I both agree here. Uh, we don't know shit about fighting games. Um, I played a little bit of Mortal Kombat when I was in like high school. Uh, I know. I think you play a little bit of Smash, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. And again, I I'm going to reiterate. I don't know shit about fighting games. Like whenever, especially from like coming from like an esports place, or like a tech space, talking about these things with clients. I always tell them that the fighting game community is nuts because like it's so in depth and yet it's just so scattered. But like you have pros constantly switching between other games and kind of like trying fresh new things here and it's really like community based in much mm-hmm. in a much stronger way than it is for other games or other genres. So I have a lot of respect for the fighting game community, also knowing that I just suck balls at every fighting game I've ever played. So yeah, by yeah. by constantly getting shit on as a little kid playing fighting games i just like I, I developed a distaste for them same thing with driving games i'm just like i just don't want to play it so just based on the game titles yes. and like what you know of the game what what do you think yeah so because we got we got a I'll, I'll read them off here okay uh we got dead or alive 6 jump force mortal kombat 11 samurai showdown which okay yeah and super smash bros ultimate so here's my take on it and is it's coming from a place of 
if I play one of these games, it's because it has to be fucking good. Because like I said, when it comes to these communities, there's people who just enjoy casually a fighting game. And there's people who just like, just go to Evo and they try to like beat the, the, the pros and they're just like constantly trying to make it on like a circuit. And they're like really into fighting games. There's those people. For that, I'm going to say that it's definitely Super Smash Bros. Ultimate because one, it captures both audiences. It, it's, if it's something that I've played, it's casual. And I enjoy the hell out of Super Smash Brothers. Like when it came out, I like I tried to buy it as quick as quickly as I got a Switch. It was the only Switch game I had for like six or seven months. Like I was only playing, or I was like I was playing as much as I could to like unlock all the characters. And that just tells me that just because I played it, it had to have been a big game, or else I wouldn't have touched it because it's not my genre. So it had right. it had enough gusto to jump the genre wall and make it into my lap, where all these other ones haven't i mean i know what dead or alive 6 is because i've seen the dead or alive ones i mean i think i was you know won a soccer game when i was 11 went to a pizza hut and played <laughs> dead or alive on the on the arcade that's just that's that's the type of game it is mortal kombat same thing i mean i was getting my shit kicked uh in mortal kombat when i was like eight i still don't like that game um i understand like it, it definitely has its place i'm glad it's like nominated for this award but in terms of best fighting game i really think it has to reach all audiences and be something that's both friendly to casual as well as hardcore audiences which i think super smash brothers does i'm i'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to think and i i want to vote for mortal kombat but after like based on what you're saying i, I feel like you're right for in order for this to be like the game needs to, in order for the game to win this like it needs to be for both all audience base but then i guess the question goes to like which audience base do you think has the more pull in that community you know what i mean like do you yeah. think it really matters like do the do the competitive players really care for the casual players or do, do the, are the casual players like outspoken enough to have their voice be heard i mean that's the question um, of the ages and you know are we talking about the the overall general masses or the motivated niche community, like who's going to come out to the polls stronger? And that's the real question. It could be either or. Um, I'm going to vote for Mortal Kombat 11 just because uh, I personally love Mortal Kombat. That's, I mean, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to uh, an opinion. It's just wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, again, it's it's a fighting game. I, I, I see a lot of um, talk about Mortal Kombat 11, but most of the time when I see things about it, I just see people's heads getting explode exploded or their you know like their arms getting torn off or like some it's right. just more about the gore when it's that's fine if that's what you're wanting to watch like you know you could be a saw fan that's fine it's not my thing but comes to best fighting game like voted from from the masses i think super smash brothers takes it all right well we'll just see we'll just see if i'm right on this you you have to 1v1 me mortal kombat publicly <laughs> publicly <laughs> yeah I'll, all right i'll fly to texas or something we'll... no no i, no, oh. I meant like streaming oh. not like <laughs> i'll meet you at evo bro <laughs> oh yo come at me bitch <laughs> damn all right all right next up is a uh, family game i'll read the description and you can read off the uh the game titles uh family game for the best game appropriate for family play yeah, and then it no, just says it. the whole oh, okay. thing about, and it says the whole thing about the genre and plot. I'm just Got gonna, it. I'm not gonna keep restating that because I'm gonna keep saying it wrong. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll just, we'll focus generally on like the types of games. Um, yeah. So Luigi's Mansion Three, Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker Two, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafted World. 
So one is I want to a lot of Nintendo. I was gonna. That was the first thing I was gonna point out is that every single game is from Nintendo, which is yeah. It's it's really great that that's their niche. Like Xbox and PlayStation and everybody else is gonna keep making like as many like adult titles as possible. But it's just nice that I get to go back and put play Luigi's Mansion three and just be like a fucking kid again. So it's cool. Well, so I guess like whoever wins, Nintendo's gonna be happy. Like it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I mean th- this category is made for them. I mean like if there was someone nominated in this category that wasn't a strict Nintendo like like game developer, I would be surprised because you just don't see him very well. And uh, like like Knack, if you remember Knack from all those years ago, like Knack, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a PlayStation game made to like be a family friendly game, and it just sucked, you know? Yeah, that didn't do anything. <laughs> and so that's that's the idea. So knowing the, I, I or go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, knowing these categories, obviously, I really like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I'll just say uh-huh. that again. However, I don't think that it best fits out in the family game. Yeah, I agree for uh, sure. I. I I'm going to have to go for Luigi's Mansion 3. Everything I've seen and heard about this game is supposed to just be absolute top-notch, like they, the mechanics and how they in, like brought in interactive puzzles and made it just a really cool Luigi game. Brings light to me that they, I think this deserves the prize, when, you know, more so than I think any of the others. I, I, f- I feel like Mario Maker 2 for me. Yeah. Because when, when I think of family game, I think about a game that you can sit down in your living room with, with your family and play together. You know what I mean? Like a cooperative game that you can play with your young, younger like offsprings, your siblings, or whatever. And I think Super Mario Maker Two has all that for family. Like you don't have to play the game; you can spend all that time with your family, just build maps and see how it does. It creates opportunities for family to do something together that isn't as competitive or could be as competitive as video games. Because like Luigi Mansion, there's like puzzles and all this stuff. The Ring Fit things a you know exercised glorified exercise machine yeah the uh, super smash is a competitive fighting you know it's a lot of if anything that thing breaks families if anything <laughs> and then yoshi's crafted world i've never even heard of so like i just feel like out of all of this mario maker is the game from nintendo that's most family friendly because it might it doesn't have to play as a game because not all families are game oriented yeah. you know what i mean okay all right. so my vote's gonna be for super mario maker on that all right well we'll see we'll see splitted uh next one is i'm, I'm going up here action adventure yes action slash adventure we're, we're kind of going out of order because we wanted to keep all the game stuff together and etc etc you, you can i'll read wait did i do i can't why can't i remember who who read off the nominees just go ahead and do the description i'll do the uh okay sounds good okay this is for action slash ac- yeah action slash adventure game for the best action slash adventure game combining combat with Travel, so travel, traveling, or something, and puzzle solving, okay. traversal, traversal, and pu- say, puzzle I, solving. I'm pretty sure the word's traversal, but I, I'm not looking. Traversal, at it. sorry. So yes, yeah, traversal. Then. Yeah. So, action adventures is always going to be really cool fighting sequences, but as well as like a time where they're not fighting, where there's that like that suspense, um, as gotcha. well as like just an, a feeling of exploring, and I, and I think that's where these games really excelled, and that's why they're nominated. Um, there's six titles total: Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, <clears throat> The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, and Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. So, knowing, all right, and again, I think this is going to come down to a, a Kojima Productions night. I, I think that Death Stranding is going to win for this. Um, really? I, I and it's not necessarily because I think it it should win it's not the one that i want to vote for 
but it's right. the one that I think is going to win. I, I don't think I, I feel like people no, I feel like in this category, because it is gonna have action, people are gonna clearly see well, I guess this also depends on your term of action. I guess being chased by ink monsters or bendy from whatever is like considered action. So okay, fine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Alright, well that that's I just I just came to a realization and that actually makes me upset. If if I had to pick the one that I think is most deserving. I'd pick Sick Rose Shadows Die Twice. That game, again, it's a fresh IP. It came out of nowhere. But at the same time, like, it's it was such a beautiful story. Like, I, I just, I, I, and again, I, 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 I never owned it. Right. But it was a game that I, I, I loved watching streamers play, and I loved watching YouTube videos play. I loved the demo. Everything about the game, the music, the, the art style, everything about it was just so beautiful. It almost seemed like a... Uh, like a, an old school like watching ron again for for if people don't know that reference it's an old japanese movie um i i think i think you're right i think i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for resident evil 2 but i think shakiro is gonna win though shakiro i mean whatever shakiro okay. wait shakiro yeah okay shakiro shadow died got it yeah 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 i i, I think i think that's gonna win though yeah. Okay. I, I have my money on Death Stranding. I think that's the safe bet. I, I think that he I think Kojima is going to mop up a lot of the awards this year, and I think that this is just another category that he has built in. Oh yeah. I I, oh, I think you're right. Damn it. Okay. Next one is action games. All right. So uh, and this one is for the uh for the best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat so and again like when i when i read the list just keep in mind that when it comes to action adventure there's always going to be a heavy exploration where on action you're basically in it all the time um and that doesn't necessarily mean there's just no part where you're not fighting it just means that they're you're constantly just going through a mass of enemies to like achieve your goal um and so with that there's apex legends astral chain call of duty modern warfare uh, Devil May Cry 5, Gears of War 5, just called Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. <laughs> I just noticed that. Why Why is it just called Gears 5? I think that's what they called it. I, I think. Really? I, I, oh, that's weird. I have yet to play it. It's on my Christmas list, if my wife's listening. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's supposed to mean like this This isn't a Marcus Phoenix story, and it's supposed to be oh, like a, new, okay. a, new, a new story that takes on with it. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I will say my votes could be for Devil May Cry Five. I've never played Devil May Cry. I've, I've only known people who really like Devil May Cry stories. So that's why right. I'm assuming that maybe you're right. Um, uh, I've never played it. Yeah, I don't. But I've watched people play it. I don't think a lot of people enjoyed. I mean, I, I think a lot of people enjoyed it. That's the wrong way of saying. It. I just don't think it was like the most spellbounding experience playing gears five so i don't think that one's no, gonna win if, yeah. if i agree if i had to if i had to pick um i don't know at this point i'm i'm gonna say it's gonna be call of duty just because i just i, I don't know i don't have a whole lot of i feel i feel like right. my vote's gonna be for devil may cry but i have a feeling cod's gonna win they, they gotta win something you know the fucking <laughs> little teenagers gotta come out and win something all right so this is the field the, the next three categories are uh fields that this guy should be very, very interested in. The uh, first one is esports team. That's gonna be the first one that we're gonna look at here. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? So the esports, oh, the esports teams are cool because one is and, I, and again, listening or anybody listening, 
um, that are familiar with esports but not the awards, is this is specifically targeting a certain team, not the franchise. Um, right. So, like, if you're but the team, if you're a big fan of you know Team Solo Mid, uh, this you know might only be about their league team and not their CS. I will team also say. It is um, recognizing the individual sports team judged the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2019. So they're talking specifically about this year. Yeah. So with that, I think there's a there's a few arguments to be made. Um, they they did a, a pretty good spread, and I'll just say who was who was nominated. So the best esports teams are Astralis for their CS:GO team, uh, G2 Esports for their League of Legends team. Uh, OG Origin for their Dota 2 team. Uh, the San Francisco Shock for their Overwatch League team. It was just Overwatch League. That's their only team. Uh, or Team Liquid for their CSGO team. Um, and basically, we're just choosing what team just really kicked ass and outgrew what they were expected. And I think a lot can be said for G2. You know, I, I think, yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a huge League of Legends guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I just recently started playing it again. Um, to, to get back into it to play with some friends. Um, me too. Well, there you go. Add me. Hey, the DM. Um, at the same time, there's always something to be said about Team Liquid. And I think if this was a best franchise award, I think I would have given it to Team Liquid. Uh, they just seem to always be like generally on top of things, like Steve Arnset, um, Liquid112 is his in game name. Just right. just has such a great grip on that team, on in terms of like a, a, you know a finger on the pulse of the players, of the of his audience, of the um, the corporate background and the stockholders and everything else. I, I just think it, it's such a clean operation that I think that should be the level that all other teams are compared to. But since this award is really only specifically pointing out on um, uh, an individual team and not the entire franchise. I think it has to go to G2. They were, uh, and, and I, I say this with such a salty, salty taste in my mouth because I'm just not a fan of Ocelot at all. When he played Professional League of Legends, like he was my least favorite player. Like the fact that he just like always kept crying. He always had stupid scarves on. I just like, he was like what I just didn't want like a pro player to be. Like I just thought he was really terrible and so then he retired and started g2 esports and i was like i don't know I, just, I don't really like him maybe i'll still support this team but throughout all that they rose up they they fought really hard they you know had a a really touch and go season uh in terms of like they um during the normal season they they kind of lost some games that they probably shouldn't have but they performed extremely well in the uh battle for the atlantic i don't know what they actually call it but when they play the na versus eu teams and they did it extremely well there. Then they got into Worlds and went all the way up and goddamn almost won it. So I think when it comes to outstanding rosters, which is what this is, it should be called a roster award, to be honest. Uh, G2 Esports takes it from me. Okay, for sure. I, I, I don't know enough about Esports to comment on any of this, to be honest with you. I, I genuinely have never heard of any of these teams, except for Team Liquid. And that's because... I think May watches uh, CSGO uh, esports a lot. And I, I, I remember walking in, her watching it in her office, and I saw their logo. That's the only thing I remember. So uh, I'm going to go with you and vote for G2 as well then because <laughs> I, I don't know. Cool. Um, next one 
is esports player. And this is the uh, esports player judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2019. Got it. Yeah, so a lot of these players that have <clears throat> that were voted in, um, they're from definitely different games that I don't fully watch. I've never watched a professional Fortnite uh, game in my life. But the first I person... Think, I think, yeah, I think this guy is the one that won, um, like, that... 13 mil or whatever like that um, crazy amount is this like and he, the 13 year old kid or whatever yeah it's, or the 13 year old kid that won a lot of money in the millions and he beat like all the other pro players got it okay well i mean that's really cool for him I, I i don't have much of an opinion on it um but his name's kyle bugha gearsdorf i like his last name his last name just should just be his his name his last name sounds like he belongs in a harry potter movie it's true it's true Kyle probably just sounds like a normal name though, um, but yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a Fortnite player for Immortals, uh, and That's then Sentinels. you have. It says Sentinels. Oh well, Wiki's wrong. It's showing Immortals here, um, and then Lee Faker Sanghyuk, uh, you know, asterisk on that because I don't know how to say his last name, but the uh, legendary and iconic mid laner for SK Telecom T1 for League of Legends, uh, and then Luca Perks. Perkovich for G2 Esports, the team that we just uh, talked about. Um, and then uh, Alexander Simple Kostilev from Natus Vincere. And Jay Sinatra Juan from San Francisco Shock. Well, I don't know. Uh, there, there's such a, a, a huge amount of talent to be like put here. And it, it, these types of things are really like comparing apples with oranges. Like, at least with Faker and Perks, we can talk about like who's the best League of Legends player, but then you add more depth into it. It's like who performed the best given with what you know, yeah. what they what they had. Um, but then they throw in uh, an Overwatch League player, then they throw in a CSGO player and a Fortnite player. And we're just like, oh, pick the best one of all the three. So I don't know. Um, knowing at least because I, I watched a lot of the uh, Overwatch League for the first season since um, we, you know, my the company I was with was doing uh, the jerseys for it. Uh, I've been watching Sinatra for a while, uh, mostly just because I had to spell check it. And someone, or when we put it into the vendor for the jersey, it was just spelled with one A when it has two A's at the end. <laughs> so people, like, I had to tell them, no, no, there's two A's. And they're like, but that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, no, no, it does. So <laughs> you're an idiot. It, it, that was the first time I was like made very well aware of this guy. Um, but I, I thought he always brought in a demanding performance throughout the entire like first and second seasons and ev everything that he's been a part of. So he's he's definitely dominated the time that he was in there. Um, and knowing that San Francisco Shock did such a great job in it, I just don't necessarily think that the competition was as of high of an expectation to really like secure him as number one spot. So I'm going to have to bring it back to one of the two league players, which is going to be per uh, Faker or Perks. And just given the fact that Faker probably had a lot more uh, weight on his shoulders to be like the top dog, but then didn't perform, where Perks probably just was resting on the hopes and dreams of like two major continents and did perform to a point, I'm going to pick Perks. Luka, Perks, Perkovich for G2 Esports. Based on what you just told me, I'm going to vote for Sinatra. There you go. Because 
I don't know. I I, I, I can't think of. I I just I don't know. Dude, it's a it's a great player. It's a, it's it's really fascinating to watch him play Overwatch. Just uh, I think um, again, I I I I asked May all about esports stuff because she watches esports a lot. Yeah. And she actually knew all these people except for the Fortnite kid. Yeah. And she she would have she told me she would have voted for uh, Sinatra. Got it. So I'm gonna go with her on that one. Yeah. The uh, next category, which I think is gonna be something that we can all we can both discuss. Um, is going to be esports game of the year. Um, the description goes uh, for the game that was uh, delivered the best overall esports experience to players. So this is the best esports experience. Okay. And, um, do you want to read off the nominees? Yeah. So CS:GO, uh, Dota 2, Fortnite, League of Legends, and Overwatch. So all the obvious ones. Yes, 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 yes. I, th- I think um, there's a few that definitely could have been, int- uh, you know, put in. Name, name one. I want to know what name one that you think could have been added to this nominee. And I don't know if this necessarily means that it like, because when you read the, the description of the award, it seemed that this was more about like an overall broadcast award instead of most, instead of just like a game. Like it seems like there's a lot more other information put into it where I always thought the high res, um, not high resolution, but high res the company, the high res broadcasts uh, were ex- exceptionally well done for like the the types of game they were. So whether it's like Smite or Paladins or something like that, I think that could have been uh, put in here. Obviously, they're just not as big of the games. Um, right. I would really like to see a lot more games put in some more effort into creating their esports leagues like uh, Apex Legends. I think there is a lot more uh, opportunity there, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. But with the the listed games here, I'm and again I'm going to bring down like the the overall just I don't know, budget for broadcast. I really like Overwatch on this one, and again I, I don't necessarily think the Overwatch had the best league. I think there's still a lot of issues with the Overwatch league that needs to be fixed and will continue to be fixed throughout the time. But League of Legends, when you look at their broadcast versus you look at the Overwatch broadcast, it seems so slow and outdated. Um, they've done a huge job. I mean, but it's just it's almost night and day if you look at the LCS broadcast versus the LEC broadcast, which is their European um, league, and you see the two types of broadcasts being there. It's completely different. LEC has it way more than um, than the LCS does. And I think that's a big problem that's really weighing down a lot of the League of Legends right now. The fact that it's like a 10-year-old game. They've had the um, the League of Legends Championship Series going on for like its seventh year almost or something like that. So obviously there's a lot that can be done. But at the same time, when you look at the fresh, new, incoming spirit of Blizzard and they just put so much into the quality of their broadcast, I think the Overwatch League takes it hmm interesting i i I kind of agree with you honestly and and i'm coming from the perspective of someone that just will watch it without any knowledge of the game so i don't know Mm -hmm. whether or not a player is good if they do something crazy or if like they just got lucky with a kill you know what i mean or etc so for me from my perspective for like the best i guess esport game of the year i i'm trying to look at it objectively is like how much fun is it to watch this esports be played out from an audience base, you know? And to me, the most like hair raising, like on the moment kind of game that I love watching is uh, CSGO. Like, 
all these other games have like awesome hype moments and they're like oh this is cool oh my god they did this really cool thing but with like csgo it's like okay this is very tense you know what i mean like it, they could do nothing for like 20 minutes but you can still feel tension in mm-hmm. the air of like what's happening and i i think that's because csgo's pacing is so different from all these other games i think dota 2 is honestly super boring to watch in my honest opinion Fortnite just gives me a headache. Overwatch has a lot of stuff going on, but also has a lot of cool moments. But because they have so much going on, when those cool moments happen, it kind of dilutes that cool moment a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it, that that same thing transitions into League of Legends. Like League of Legends has like this slow pacing in the beginning, uh, and then when the cool things happen, you're just like you're just like I, why? Like why did that cool thing happen? Because this person had like a full build, blah blah blah. He did this. He did that. Like. I don't know the technical aspect of League to appreciate it, but with CSGO, I just think, like, it, it's just constantly on high-pressure tension moments. Yeah. And you just in, I just enjoy the whole playthrough of it. So my vote's going to be for CSGO. All right. Well, definitely not League of Legends is what I'm saying. That's that's my yeah, main yeah. focus is that they really need to inject a lot of life into that, into that game. Um, yeah. I think this last season was probably the slowest for me. It was actually the only season ever that I didn't fully watch all the way through. Um, oh, really? Interesting. So I'm, I'm really hoping that they can uh, turn, turn it around because the broadcast and even the, like, the storylines that they try to in- inject into it just didn't really grasp me. So I'm, I'm really hoping, as well as I, I hope that they bring back fantasy for it, um, just because I think that was a huge reason why I was able to follow so closely along in the past seasons because I'm a huge fantasy sports guy. And I like I, I I like ran multiple leagues just because I was like trying to get that that fix, you know, for sure. So then they took it away and I just got sad. All right. So we got the last three categories here and these three we kind of pushed and kept to the end just because uh, I think these are like the more like opinionated ones. But at the same time are kind of more fun to talk about. The first one's going to be community support. Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness. Yes. So we got um, five very interesting titles, and uh, you can, if you want to, uh, yeah. read the nominees. And this is kind of a funny category because it's almost like you just they're just rewarding the uh, companies more so than anything else. Um, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, obviously, like, it's, it's funny to see EA on here, but people really need to know that it's Respawn Entertainment. That's kind of yeah. a part of EA, but Apex mm-hmm. Legends, um, which is Respawn Entertainment, Destiny 2, which is Bungie, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 14, Square Enix, uh, Fortnite, Epic Games, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Ubisoft. Um, and a lot of these companies have just had really not the best stellar record in the past in terms of uh, dealing with complaints from their from their customers. Um, so I, as, as much as I want to say that, like, Ubisoft's really cool because they're getting some great, uh, I guess, feedback and transparency and all the other things listed on this description for Rainbow Six Siege. They've been complete ass in the back or in the past, so I'm, I'm glad to see that they're kind of turning it around. But I, I don't think it's enough to really take this award. Um, I've heard great, great things about both uh, Respawn and obviously about Bungie. So, and a Square Enix, to be honest. Uh, Fortnite, I just, I, I think that that's not going to qualify for this. I've I, I agree. Ep- Epic Games, to me, is just so big in what they do that they're just going to keep doing the same thing. And they, they've just had so many points where they're just like, it's like, yeah, they're being transparent, but they also just 
being very transparent in the fact they don't give a fuck about what you think. Yeah, I I think Epic and like the the thing about Epic is not like a bad thing, I guess. But it's just like the the term transparency. I think it's very subjective here because like yeah, Epic is transparent with their information, like you just said, but they're transparent about what they are going to do, not how they're going to do it for you yeah per se. like i remember there like and this was one of the first things that started making fortnite bleed and uh, allowing other games to start filling up is that they were just adding really random things to the game that was completely changing how the game was being played um and it was pissing off a lot of pros because it was like a week before giant billion dollar tournaments were like starting and yeah. like that was a huge point of contention and their response was like hey we understand but we don't care. And then they yeah. just kept doing it. And a lot of people was like, all right, well, if they're not going to care, let's go play a different game. And a lot of people did that. And uh, people who still haven't came back to Fortnite. I, I will say, like, I think Final Fantasy is a good community-based game. Um, but in terms of, like, transparency, responsiveness, and, and to me, the way I, I view this category, it's like a company saw a mistake and they're trying to repair it and do it for their community. Yeah, that's how I that's how I view it. Uh, maybe it's wrong. Maybe I'm looking at it kind of incorrectly. But I feel like with Final Fantasy, it's just like the community likes Final Fantasy, and mm-hmm. Square Enix is working with their community to make it more fun and better. Yeah. So they're like just on a positive track. Yeah. So when you just have a positive from the beginning, it's hard to be like, oh, that's really great because you're already saying that's really good. Um. I feel like Destiny for me is gonna be my vote just because they were they were like okay we fucked up and we're sorry like they they tried to I guess what's the word redeem themselves and they admitted to their fault rather yeah. than just saying okay okay we'll do this to make it better no they're just like you know what we fucked up Destiny- let us start over and just we're sorry you know what I mean Destiny two has come a long way and I remember like <clears throat> from when the first the first uh. Uh, game fucked up with Destiny 1, then Destiny 2 came along, um, just after fixing all the problems for Destiny 1, had a lot of initial problems for Destiny 2, and then just slowly started fixing those again, and here we are at this point. Then they get bought out or whatever by Activision, start delivering subpar games again, and then people are like, oh, well, they should just leave. So they did, and they left. And then they've really been doing everything they can to bring in that uh, that community support afterwards so knowing that and and how great to see and, and you can see them on twitter is you, you see a lot of their community managers and even their like upper corporate leaders get on twitter just answer questions or respond to feedback or respond to criticism which is like extremely rare and uh it's just really great to see so i'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you and go with destiny 2 on this I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think we're both on the same page in that sense for sure. Uh, the next category, and I think this is going to be a fun, is Content Creator of the Year. Some good ones. So yeah. definitely people that we've actually talked about on the program before. Mm-hmm, for sure. So the first one is Jack Courage Dunlop. Second is Benjamin Dr. Lupo Lupo. <laughs> Solil Ewok Wheeler. And David Grefk Martinez and Michael Shroud Grzyk. Grzyk. I'm just gonna yeah, I think that's how you say his name. Grzyk. I know I know three out of five. Kind of one. I don't know who David met 
Marti Martiz is at all. Yeah, no, same. I'm not really sure who Ewok is. I think Ewok is like they made a big deal of this person switching over to Mixer. Yeah. I I think they play Fortnite and they're like really good, but they're really young. Mm. Um, I don't. It, mine's gonna go down to. I'm actually no. I I have my vote. My vote's Doctor Lupo. I was gonna agree. Like, yeah. hands down, just because like. I feel like all these people definitely made some sort of impact in the gaming industry, right? Whether they changed it, whether they were helping it uh, move forward, whatever they were doing. Um, but I feel like Dr. Lupo has done so much more than just gaming for the gaming community. Like, the one thing that really stands out is that his charity run for St. Jude's Hospital, like, he raised enough money where he, like, his channel sponsored pretty much a day's, like, one day, a whole day for St. Jude. And that's that to me is like mind boggling. Yeah, there's a like, lot there. Um, and Shroud, I mean, I definitely like Shroud. At least at one point, I don't know about currently, was like the top one, top two, top three streamers on the entire platform, which at that point meant the entire world. Right. And had uh, you know huge opportunity, I think, to do a lot more for uh, the ecosystem as it is. And I don't think that he really did. And it's not necessarily his failing. You know, I'm not saying that he's horrible for not doing this, but in terms of deserving content creator of the year, I want to see someone not only delivering amazing content, I want to see people doing more and more for their community, more and yeah. more to, you know, change of what it means to be the top content creator of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 100% in my opinion, that should go to Dr. Lupo for reasons I, that you I said, agree. plus more. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. The guy. I just think. I just think overall, he's just a great guy. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And it's I hard to that, argue against that, you know. Like, yeah, and there's just there's just a stand. I remember I went to the uh, Saint Jude Summit and I saw him there, and we had this like after party, and like I obviously he's a celebrity. Obviously everybody loves him, right? And he has like crazy numbers. Everyone wants to get to know him, but like at the end of it, we were all literally just. He didn't care who you were. He would talk to you, and at the end, we were all doing karaoke. And he was making a fool out of himself and just having fun. He was just a guy. You know what I mean? And that's... And, yeah. and I, I just think it's crazy. Yeah. You're not going to find much of a better person than that. So. I think that's like... Yeah. I think it's pretty cut clear. I mean, maybe not. Maybe there's a lot more to each person that we don't know about. Like, again, this David guy, I have no idea who he is. So, for all I know, he developed, like, I don't know, research for a medical disease or something. I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. But overall, my vote is going to definitely go based on my knowledge, which is Dr. Lupo. All right. Well, and now the uh, last category is game of the year, which uh, this is going to be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. I feel like I really uh, should play more or at least all of these games. I feel like I don't need to. <laughs> um, I, I think this is self-explanatory. Um, go ahead. Shout out the last nominees for these, this category, Got and it. then we'll... Uh, yeah, so there's Control by Remedy Entertainment slash 505 Games. And again, something that's been continuously nominated throughout this entire process. So maybe I should at least look into this game. I looked at the description of it and it actually seemed pretty interesting. It's about the Federal Bureau of Control, a secret U.S. government agency tasked with containing and studying phenomena which violate the laws of reality. That kind of sounds badass. Like, I'm not even going to lie. So That sounds like a mixture of Men in Black yeah. with Doctor Strange. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of about it. So I don't know. Actually, I'll, that sounds really cool. I might have to look into that too, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to look into it to see see where it goes. Um, and then there's Death Stranding. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot tonight. 
um, a Kojima production, Sony Interactive. Um, Resident Evil 2, made by Capcom. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, From Software. That's just what it's called. It's From Software. <laughs> and slash Activision. Um, and then Super Smash Brothers Ultimate by Bandai Namco. Um, and then there's The Outer Worlds from Obsidian Entertainment slash Private Division. So there's, again, and, and we keep looking at it from this perspective, there's games that we think should win, and then there's games that we definitely think people are going to vote for. Um, and so in my opinion, I really think it should come down to between Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice for multiple reasons. One is because I think they were... Um, one game, Sekiro, is is such a new, fresh breath of fresh air into this into this gaming world, and they did everything almost completely by scratch, never trying to like copy of anything, and, and delivered a nice, genuine new experience that I think a lot of people loved. Versus Super Smash Brothers, which did that years ago and is still delivering on that same nostalgic content while still delivering even more updated and amazing you know fighting content and it brings hours of fun that you know with you and your friends so i i I think that there's you know again apples and oranges really fighting each other but knowing that i'm always going to go over like freshly new content before a repackaging of an older game my vote of who i think should be game of the year sekiro shadows die twice who I think is going to win, Death Stranding. But that's neither here nor there. I, I, I genuinely don't know for this category. Like, I, I can't confidently, I, I can't confidently vote for any of them. If I'm gonna be honest, I, I just, I just can't. I can't vote for Death Stranding because for some reason I get this like, it's too new kind of feel for it to fall under Game of the Year. Because I feel like maybe in if I feel like if this game came out. Two years later, and there were other games like this that were not obviously like it, but like, you know, just like an easy way of easing people into it. Because so many people hated on this game because they were they were like, this is new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if it, just, if it came out at its time that was accepted, it would definitely win. And I, I kind of want to vote for Control just because of the freaking synopsis sounds so badass. <laughs> Uh, because like and everything else like to me Shadows Die Twice honestly was just a Japanese Dead uh, Dark Souls. I'm not. I, I that's what I think. It was just a like a Japanese mythical Dark Souls with gadgets, and I wasn't a huge fan of those kind of games mainly because I suck at them. So I couldn't progress, and if I can't progress, I can't enjoy the story, and I can't enjoy the game. Um, for a game to be a game of the year, I feel like it needs to be both challenging, but yet. Uh, approachable noob friendly uh, is what you mean I, I wouldn't say noob friendly <laughs> i would say like normal difficulty yeah. not hardcore or okay. easy like because realistically you, you need a game that's like breaking the boundaries but at the same time needs to be accessible to everybody because like what's the point then yeah. of being game of the year yeah i agree um you so i mean and, and i can't vote for resident evil 2 because i love the game but it's, it's a remake you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I how how are you gonna how are you gonna make a remake a game of the year? So I I I'm gonna just pass <laughs> on this vote. You know what we call that, I, ladies and gentlemen? We call that a cop out. Fuck you! Right? I just can't. I not, I don't know. I just not. I genuinely vote. don't know. And vote. Just give I me one name. One name. 
I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with control. Control. All right, we got one for control. We got one for Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I'm I'm loving this. I I can't wait to see control not win, and then I can come and make fun of you, and then you'll say, "Well, but I was just saying it for the meme." I don't care. Still, <laughs> still funny. All right, well, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. really do appreciate it. I hope if you guys want to let us know your votes and then just see if you are right or wrong, let us know too because we want to hear. Well, this guy just wants to know that he's right. So you just DM or message him, and I'm sure he'll be like, yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Even if, I, I, even yeah. if I'm wrong, I'm right, though. So, I mean, at the same time, um, I would love. I win regardless, right? Yeah. I, I would love feedback on how my voice sounded tonight. Not only am I nursing a cold, but I also have a new mic. And if I sound better than I have in other episodes, just let me know that I'm doing the right thing, please. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.